Hang on just a minute before we get started. Never done this before. How many, let me see. How many of you believe that Jesus changes everything? <laughs> Praise Jesus. That's awesome. Y'all are beautiful. I tell you, it's awesome to see you here this morning. How many of you are thankful to be here this morning? Amen. Amen. It's awesome to see you. Happy Easter Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, today is a day where we come to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been doing. And that's what we're going to continue to do as we wrap up this series that we've been preaching through. Uh, I tell you, it's been amazing for me personally, just walking through the Holy Week and and just seeing all that, uh, that God went through in that last week leading up to uh, his death on the cross. And, and so we've been looking at that throughout this series. And, and I've been challenged. I've been encouraged by God's word. And I hope that you have as well. Uh, this morning, I, I believe God wants to do the same thing with us as we read and preach through his word this morning. I want to pray for us. And then we're going to just dive right into God's word. So let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for this time of worship, God, where we have gathered in this place, God, to worship you. Why? Because you're so worthy. Father, you are worthy of everything that we could offer here today. We've lifted our voices in song and praise and adoration, God, just, just worshiping you in spirit and truth. We've lifted our voices in prayer, God, acknowledging that you are holy and you are God, you are so worthy of, of everything that we could offer to you this morning. Father, we continue to worship through our giving. We continue to worship through even the reading and the preaching of your word as we look into your word. And Lord, you speak into our hearts and our minds. And God, you offer to us encouragement and hope and restoration. God, I thank you for the testimonies like we just witnessed as we watched just a brief part of Jim and Teresa's story, God, and how they give praise to you for the miracles that you've done in their life. And so, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time of worship. And now as we dive into your word, Father, I pray that you'd speak into our hearts. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. This is where we're going to begin here this morning. Uh, Mark chapter 16 is just a continuance of, of something we've been doing over the last five weeks as we started walking through Mark's gospel. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have been looking at is the, is the Holy Week or the Passion Week of Christ. And, and all four gospels actually give testimony to this week and all that Jesus went through. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them give testimony and tell the story uh, of the Passion Week of Jesus. And they all start out, start out like this, uh, really just sort of uh, giving praise and, and helping us understand the reality that Jesus rode into Jerusalem in that last week of his life before he went to the cross. Uh, he rode into Jerusalem as uh, really as a triumphal entry. He is recognized in that moment of his life as the uh, as the chosen king or the anointed king or the 
prophesied king. And so he, he's riding into Jerusalem. And we've talked about over the last couple of weeks how all that sort of started changing for Jesus as he, as he, as he entered into Jerusalem. And, and, uh, and the people began to turn against him. Jesus was turning the world upside down with his truth and, and, and the things that he was preaching. And people uh, did, suddenly just didn't like what he was doing. And the same people that cried out Hosanna when he rode into Jerusalem are the same people that ultimately cried out crucify him. And last week we looked at the crucifixion of Jesus and the importance of understanding the crucifixion of Jesus. And, and so today, this, this final message of this series, talking about the triumphal resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to stay in the gospel of Mark as we walk through this and look at this passage. And so this is where we're starting off with. And, and, and as you know, Jesus has been crucified, he's been buried, and it's been three days. Uh, we, we've called this series, but Sunday is coming, and today is Sunday, amen? And so Palm Friday was what we celebrated on, uh, on Friday night, uh, and, and just talked about the, the, the death of Christ Jesus and the blood that was spilled, but today is Sunday, and this is the story that we read in Mark's gospel. So Mark chapter 16, starting with verse 1. It says, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, they bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us for the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell the disciples and, and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and they fled from the tomb. And trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. You know, some of the most powerful words in this passage that we're looking at here today is, is just really found in just one simple sentence. I, I love these words because I believe these few words teaches so much about what we need to understand today. These words are this. It says, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. How many of you celebrate that truth with me this morning? He is risen. You know, I like that because it tells us two things. It says Jesus was absolutely dead. Crucifixion never ended in someone making it through that horrible, torturous process. Crucifixion, as everyone knew it in Jesus' day, everyone knew that crucifixion always resulted in death. And so what this little passage, this little, uh, little phrase here, this one little sentence tells us is that Jesus had died. And we talked about last week, he died a very horrible death. He died. But it says also in that same sentence, he is risen revealing to us that Jesus is alive. Something that is a very profound truth 
that we as Christians hang on to and believe and embrace because we do believe it to be reality and we do believe it to be truth that our king, our savior, our Messiah is not a good prophet, a good teacher, anything of the sort who is buried in a tomb and today his bones still lie. We believe that Jesus was buried and in three days, three days he had victory over sin and death by being raised from the grave, amen? Do you give testimony to that truth with me this morning? What a powerful thing to think about. What a powerful truth to embrace. And, and so this is what we see in this passage. And what we begin to understand about the resurrection it is, is, and, and this story here that we see in all four Gospels is that the resurrection of Jesus is not simply a component of the Gospel story. It is not just simply one of the pieces to the puzzle. It is, in fact, the main event as it relates to the message of the cross or the gospel message of Jesus. I mean, there's a lot of stories that make up the message of the cross. There's a lot of stories that tell us what we need to know about who Jesus was and about who he is and about what he's done for us and what he's continuing to do in our life. There's a lot of stories that make that up. But without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, listen to me, we have nothing. Amen? We have nothing. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then all of this celebration that we have accomplished this morning, all of this worship that we are doing this morning is all in vain. It is futile without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we see this uh, in the scriptures. We understand this to be true. And what we begin to understand about the resurrection is that the resurrection is the cornerstone of a divine promise that Jesus once made. Jesus once said these words. He says, destroy this temple. And he was talking about his body, not a building. But he says, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. And so he told them that you may kill me. You may take me to the cross. You may crucify me. But I will come again. Amen? And so he was raised from the dead. And, and we begin to see that the resurrection of Jesus is the most powerful and climatic event in the redemption story. Just think about how profound it is. A dead man who came to die for the sins of the world who now lives atoning for those sins. Amen? And so we see this all throughout the gospel message of Jesus. I love what A.W. Tozer once said. He says, we understand and acknowledge that the resurrection has placed a glorious crown upon all of Christ's sufferings. I love that. He says this. He says, all that Jesus went through, all the suffering he endured, the death on the cross, the body that was broken, the blood that was shed, that entire story that the resurrection of Jesus literally places the crown upon that story. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes all of that truth for you and I concerning this reality that Jesus is not simply a rabbi, he's not simply a prophet, but he is our savior, amen? He was able to have victory over both sin and death on the cross and through his resurrection. We also understand this about the resurrection. It is the source of eternal life. Every single one of us here today that have eternal life through Christ Jesus, we have that not just because Jesus was crucified on a cross, but because he had victory 
through his resurrection. Romans 10, 9 says this, and these are words that we should all hear this morning, but Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How many of you are thankful for that promise that the word of God teaches? That if you confess with the mouth, it's not just merely about saying, it's also about what we believe, right? And believing our heart, what do we must, what must we believe in our heart? That Jesus was raised from the dead. The promise is this, we shall be saved. But one of the questions that often comes up on Easter Sunday, or any time you begin to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the questions that, that could possibly pop up, some of them uh, could be something along the lines of, well, what if Jesus had not been raised from the dead? And that's a valid question. What might have happened if Jesus was not raised from the dead? Or what if I don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? That might be a, a valid question that someone might ask. And, and, and so as we look through the scripture, I believe it's real easy for us to understand how we might answer those types of questions. Because of the importance of the resurrection, we turn to God's word and we begin to see this importance. We begin to see just how critical it is that we believe not only in a historical Jesus, even an atheist believes that Jesus was a good man who the Jews didn't like and they killed him on a cross. Even an atheist believes that. It's the part about Jesus being divine that they deny. And so here's the reality. It becomes very important that we also understand not just simply that Jesus was a historical guy, but that he is also divine in nature and that he conquered sin and death by being raised from the grave. And so he becomes this source of eternal life for us, believing that truth. But I want to offer to you this morning a few things that, that might, uh, would be a reality, I guess, if, if we didn't believe in the resurrection or if Jesus had not been raised from the dead. And the first one is this. Without the resurrection, the teachings of Jesus would mean nothing. The teachings of Jesus would mean nothing. You know, one of the major things that we see Jesus do when he launches his ministry, he calls his disciples and he immediately, he begins to teach them. And so Jesus in the next three years of his life, from the time he called his disciples till the day he would go to the cross, during those three years, he would have a lot to share with his disciples. The word disciple literally means student. And so Jesus was a good teacher. Jesus was someone who was constantly teaching. In fact, what we begin to see at the very onset of Jesus' uh, ministry was the Sermon on the Mount. We go to Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and we begin to see that Jesus preaches this amazing sermon that has so much relevance for us as, as believers and people in this world, living our life in this world that we know to be a very hard and difficult world. And Jesus lays out for us some amazing teaching to help us understand how we can get through this. But without the resurrection, his, his teaching would mean nothing. It wouldn't be anything but just merely words that fall on deaf ears. Tim Keller once said this, and I love this. Tim Keller said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept everything or all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. And so the resurrection 
is the, the pivoting point of Jesus' teaching. And without the resurrection, his teachings really mean nothing. The other thing that we also recognize as we look through Scripture and we understand Christianity is without the resurrection, his works mean nothing. His works mean nothing. Another major part of what Jesus was doing as he launched his ministry was he was performing miracles, miracle after miracle, and, and also doing a lot of healing. One of the things that is, is unbelievable to us today is that we still see God doing marvelous things among us. Even if we look at salvation itself, salvation itself being a miracle for us, amen? And so we, we are thankful for the, the great and mighty work that Jesus is doing in our life. Every day, God is working in our life. But without the resurrection, his works would be uh, meaningless. In fact, without the resurrection, all his miracles, all his healings, all these, all these uh, key witnesses who, who proclaimed that Jesus was doing so much uh, during that time, all of that would be nothing more than a mere hoax if it weren't for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there were hundreds of people who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. There were hundreds of people who saw him dead, who then afterwards saw him alive before he ascended into heaven. And so what we begin to see is not only would his teachings be null and void, but the works that he performed on this earth would be simply nothing more than a hoax if it hadn't been for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're beginning to see the importance, aren't we, of the resurrection of Jesus. Another thing that we begin to realize is this, is that without the resurrection, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins was in vain. I don't think there's any of us in this room here today that, that probably don't desire forgiveness for our sins. We don't like bearing the weight of our sin and and. Most of the time, ultimately, we turn to God and we, we ask God to forgive us for our sins because it relieves us of the guilt and, it, and, it, and, and, and it, it makes us feel better. It gives us a sense of peace knowing and being promised by God that if we would turn to him and confess of our sin and repent of our sin, that, that he is faithful to forgive. There's great peace and joy in knowing that. But the reality is the work of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, would not even be possible. You know, it's really interesting to me, this promise that the gospel message makes about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is so unique to Christianity. No other world religion in the world gives you the assurance of salvation but Christianity. And so it's really amazing to me that we begin to see this. But as we look at this, we begin to understand clearly that the teachings and the works and the miracles and even Jesus dying on the cross, all of that is for nothing if he wasn't raised from the dead. The historical Jesus can do nothing for you. But the Son of God who defeated death can do everything for you because Jesus changes everything. Amen? He changes everything. He changes everything. And so we begin to understand this. The Apostle Paul, I think it's interesting. 
he taught on this truth. He taught on this reality that we need to understand the importance of the resurrection. We need to, we need to understand just how beautiful it is and just how awesome it is and the reality that we should never take the resurrection for granted, that we should always be thinking about the reality that our entire, entire faith, our entire faith hinges on the truth of the, re, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the apostle Paul, as he was teaching, uh, even after the ascension of Jesus into heaven, the apostle Paul, he continued to teach these truths to many different uh, people and, and he was writing to different churches and he continued to teach this truth that we must understand the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In his letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, the apostle Paul, he writes these words. He says, if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, then your faith, everything you have believed all your life, it's in vain. It doesn't mean anything. He says, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Everything that we have come to believe about the atonement of our sin and the forgiveness of our sin, all of that is meaningless if Jesus didn't conquer the grave. He continues and he writes, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. They're not saved, they're just lost. And he says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are people most to be pitied. I love what Paul's saying here. He says, he says, listen, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't happen, if it's not a truth, if it's not a reality, if it didn't happen, then we as Christians are the ones that the world should most pity. Why? Because we believe something that isn't true. And so the apostle Paul says, if he wasn't raised from the dead, if, if Jesus didn't have victory over sin and death, if he wasn't raised in three days and today he lives, if that's not a truth, then everything we have believed is a lie and everything that we have believed is in vain. But he says in verse 20, and I love this, but Christ indeed was raised from the dead, Amen. And that's why we gather today. We gather because as believers in Christ Jesus, we believe every aspect of the gospel message. We believe every aspect of the message of the cross. The apostle Paul would also go on to say this. He would say the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Those who are not saved, those who don't know Jesus, they look at the gospel message and they say, it's just simply not true. I don't believe that. But Paul goes on to say, he says, if the, if the, message, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but for those of us who are being saved, it is what? The power of God, amen? The power of God. Power of God to what? Power of God to salvation, to salvation. That's why we celebrate. That's why we rejoice. That's why we gather in here on Sunday morning. That's why the, the choir sings with everything they've got. That's why we are gathering and worshiping and destroying equipment on the stage. It's because, because Jesus was raised from the grave. I'm probably gonna have to pay for that. Spence will probably come to me and say, why did you break that? I'll probably say something like, why'd you put it there? You know I walk everywhere, so anyway. We'll fight over that on Monday. 
But Paul says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. How many of you believe that with me this morning? Amen. Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. Beautiful truth, isn't it, Ethan? Beautiful truth. Jesus says this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. What Jesus is saying here, he says, because I have been raised from the dead, you as my disciple, you will be raised from the dead. You will have everlasting life. You don't need to fear physical death because I give you eternal life. And I love that truth. That's who our Savior is. That's who Jesus is to us. Without the resurrection, Jesus' teachings, his work on the cross, his works, his miracles, all of that, null and void. But Sunday came. And he rose from the grave. I love what Ravi Zacharias says. He says this. He says, outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, there's no hope for this world. That cross and resurrection are the core of the gospel is only the hope of humanity. He says that, that the very uh, cross and the, and the resurrection are the very core of the gospel. And that is the only hope for humanity. We must not only believe that for ourselves, but we also must believe that for everyone else that we know who doesn't know Jesus. We must believe that. We must teach that. I love what Watchman Nee once said. He said this. He says, the greatest, the greatest negative in the universe is the cross for which God wiped out everything that was not of himself. But he says, the greatest positive in the universe is the resurrection for though it, uh, through God, uh, though God bought, through it, God brought into being all. Our old history ends with the cross, but our new history begins with the resurrection. Amen. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creature in Him. You are no longer who you used to be. You have been made new. In him. Your eternity, your eternal faith, it all hinges upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your eternal security, it all hinges upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to leave you with a few words that Jesus says here this morning. Jesus says this. Maybe this is some of you out there. Maybe this is all of us out there that this becomes very relevant to. But Jesus says these words. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be here this morning as one of the most mature believers that we have in this church. Maybe you've known Jesus for a very long time. And as you've lived your life, you've heard over and over the different stories of Jesus, including the story of the resurrection. But my warning to you, and even to myself, for those that are here today as mature believers let us be reminded of the greatness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Let us never take for granted the remarkable story that Jesus rose from the grave. And let us also be reminded of the need to share that story with those who don't know Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you walked into this place and the world is overwhelming. Maybe you walked into this place and you said, you know, I'm just hoping today maybe Jesus will help me with the weight of the world that I feel so heavy on my shoulders. Let me just say to you this morning, if you walked in here this morning and that's where you find yourself, Jesus not only cares enough to do that in your life, he is able to do that in your life. In fact, that's the promise he just made. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. In just a moment, we're going to sing that last song. But first, I'm going to pray for us. And I just want to invite you to think about what might be your greatest act of worship this morning. Maybe for you it's to come to this altar and pray for your family and friends whom you know need Jesus most desperately in your life, in their life. Maybe your greatest act of worship is to come and to speak to one of our pastors. Maybe there's questions that you have and And you want to respond, but you don't know how to respond. You don't know what it is that God may be doing in your heart. And our pastors are here to help you to answer those questions. I'll be down on the front row. Ethan's right here in front of me. He'll help you as well. Kimberly's here. We're here to help you. Maybe today you have realized for the first time in your life that today is the day of salvation. We want to celebrate that with you. Whatever God is laying on your heart, we want to give you an opportunity now to respond to what God is doing in your life. When Jesus says to us, come all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now in these moments, let there be peace and rest in your life.